Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Louise Robbins, and I would like to introduce Matthew Mitnick, running for Alder from District 8. As we begin, please tell our viewers a bit about how your educational, vocational, and civic experience has prepared you for the position and why you decided to run for Alder. Yeah, so I'm actually a freshman at UW-Madison, um, first-year student, and I've had numerous experiences in my past with local government that kind of have inspired me to run. You know, I'm running to help the community, and in my past, I actually was um, a, a founder of a nonprofit chapter to help underserved youth. And uh, there were 60 youth that we worked with. We took them to sporting events. We took them to baseball games. We took them, you know, to afternoon activities at the park. And through these experiences, I actually had to work with the city uh, because to fund these, we had to implement two 5K fundraiser races. And through them, we had to go through city process. We had to get permits. Um, all that kind of thing. And um, at UW-Madison, I founded the International City-County Management Student Association, um, as well as I was an intern for our student government, ASM, working to advocate for housing insecure students. Madison's efforts to address chronic homelessness have appeared to fall short, especially with regard to providing sufficient support systems for a housing-first approach. What ideas do you have that might create greater success for projects such as the one on Tree Lane? So I definitely am a huge proponent of Housing First initiatives, and I think it is really important uh, when we're looking at you know, issues in the city that people have with homelessness, uh, that providing them that housing is really important because uh, housing, it builds your community. Where you live is your community, and people who don't have that community, people who are going through other struggles, you know, like I mentioned, homelessness, by providing those Housing First initiatives, you're giving them a sense of community, a base, so that they can improve their circumstances and their situations. Um, and in my district, it's a student district. Uh, many of us are paying college tuition. It's very expensive. So something that uh, you know we are working toward and something I really want to push for is affordable housing because um, no student should have to be burdened by these rising, you know, these rising costs that are happening at the city level. And if we explore, you know, incremental financing, tax incremental financing, neighborhood associations, um, access to Section 8 vouchers, housing, urban development money, we can lower these disparities. People aren't pushed out of the neighborhood as a result of high density development, and we can provide people with with a home because by having a you know an affordable home, people uh, have that community so they can better their circumstances and build off of that. The Madison Police Department has been faulted for not having appropriate policies and training around de-escalation and use of force, especially with regard to people of color. What is your perspective on whether any changes are needed in ways Madison police operate in our community? Yeah, so I definitely believe that the police, uh, their role is to provide for the safety of citizens. And I've read the recommendations from the OIR report. I've actually been on a ride along myself. And I've met with Captain Friedman, who oversees a lot of the uh, Langdon Street um, uh, particulars um, that pertain to my district. And something that I want to see from uh, the police is building a sense of community with the citizens. And they're not always there for negative reasons, but as a way to build positive community. And I don't think that's necessarily happening uh, too much. And I think, especially with students, there's a bit of a gap, um, and that's something I want to bridge. We can do that through town halls. We can do that through listening sessions. Um, and I think 
the police need to look at things through an equity lens, um, and I also do support uh, de-escalation. Uh, the use, you only use the use of lethal force when absolutely necessary, uh, because if we're trying to build a sense of community with our friends, with our neighbors, uh, we need to work together collaboratively, cohesively. And I think that we can, I want to transfer that role into the police and, you know, have them seen more in a positive light by looking at things through an equity lens and building that sense of community with uh, the people in our district and the city as a whole. There is a perception that Madison's story is a tale of two cities. <clears throat> one in which people of color are less likely to experience success. What can be done to ensure that Madison is a community in which all people can thrive? That's a very, that's a very great question. And Madison should be a community where everybody can come in. Uh, if someone wants to start a local business or get involved, they have that opportunity. So something that I would like to explore would be lessening in the permit process, making it easier. So if someone wants to start a new business, wants to start a company, there's a much easier avenue for them to do so, so that people can, uh, you know, move, you know, through the classes and they won't have to necessarily be burdened by previous circumstances. Um, also, I think Madison, uh, with these racial disparities comes segregation in terms of areas like the Isthmus has a lot of more wealthy residents. And I think something that we can do to bring more people into the Isthmus uh, by bringing more jobs uh, available to people is through better transportation, which is why I support bus rapid transit. Uh, because if we can connect the city, you know, the north side, south, east, south, east, west, if we can connect the city as a whole, it will allow for people to, you know, interact with their communities in a more equitable way and instead of seeing people from these areas they're in and segregated due to the, all these factors we can all work cohesively and something I would like to really let, do in my district and maybe we even do this on the city as a whole is have quarterly town halls and that's where people can express their concerns uh, their beliefs and city staff can be at these town hall meetings and then from that they can compile an implementation report of both short and long-term goals from it uh, so, you know, to answer the question holistically, looking at things through an equity lens, making Madison a city where people can thrive and they have that opportunity. And I think that's something that we need to do as a whole. What issue have you identified as being of primary concern to the residents of your district and how would you approach tackling it? I'd say affordable housing is one of the biggest points in the district uh, because affordable housing it relates to so many other issues when we talk about transportation, sustainability, uh, safety, because housing is so expensive for students. The dorms are over $900 a month. I'm paying $950 for my dorm. And that's just not a sustainable cost for students. And, uh, you know, I spoke with our director of university housing, and they were explaining how the costs of the dorms are based off of market prices. And the city needs to do a better job of density controls, um, of having affordable housing. When a project's coming in, uh, ensuring that 25 to 30% of the occupants of the space is used for affordable housing is really, really important. Uh, tax incremental financing is a way that we can solve that. You know, if a developer is going to buy land, uh, you know, they're going to take out a loan through municipal bonds, make, use TIFF's money to subsidize the developer to bring down the cost of students. And the point that I mentioned at the beginning of this question, tying it into all these other issues, because there isn't affordable housing, students are having to live out in Fitchburg or farther away areas not close to campus in District 8. And because of that, uh, you know, then we, then we talk about, well, we need better transportation so people can come in and out. Um, and 
I think by having affordable housing as well, we can fund other avenues like public safety. We can, that's another issue that's really important where we have, need proper lighting, we need emergency buttons uh, so people are safe in their community. The relationship between the council and the mayor appears at times contentious. Is this a problem? And if so, how would you improve the relationship? So I think relationship building is key for building a successful and inclusive community. And something I would prioritize as an elected official, as alder, would be, you know, working with the mayor and with the other council members to achieve objectives that don't necessarily benefit my district, but benefit the city as a whole. And I think... You know, I, I can't speak of any, you know, relationships that are currently going on as I'm not a current sitting member on the council. But what I can say is that uh, I would value positive relationship building because I've always been a proponent of non-confrontation. Because if you want to get things done, if you want people to work with you, they're not working against you. They're not working at you. You're working together. And by getting angry or upset or yelling, that doesn't do anything. And Again, if I were on the council, something I would prioritize would be that strong relationship building, connecting with the other council members, uh, because we all have all our districts that we're representing, but we're really representing the city as a whole. So working together is really important, and that can be achieved through, you know, if something's going on, having a meeting, communicating, uh, those types of things would be prioritized. What changes, if any, should be made in how the city approaches major projects such as Judge Doyle Square and the public market? Well, that's, that's a really good question. Uh, I would say that transparency is key for those types of projects, you know, particularly when we're looking at the Judge Doyle Square. Uh, I feel that uh, through that whole issue, there's been a lot of, uh, both sides have been communicated, you know, various things about, oh, you know, the city owes the, you know, the Byler developer uh, $600,000 uh, because the city went in with the $11 million uh, development because, you know, Byler could not uh, uphold that end. So something that would be important when we're looking at those types of projects is having clear communicative uh, issues at the forefront, saying this is what's going to be done, this is how we're going to do it, so that it doesn't become hearsay. He said, she said, they said, that type of thing. Uh, so communicating, being transparent, having those processes outlined from the very beginning is very important, um, as well as just having the proper council members on the city committees to deal with those issues and working through those committees, you know, with the Judge Hill Square, working with the Neighborhood Association, because that's the voice box of citizens. And when we're looking at, you know, something in my district I want to do is revitalize neighborhood associations. Uh, that's a way of bringing the neighborhood's voice into matters. So, again, with that Judge Doyle Square project, having the neighborhood association involved, having the council members involved, having the developer involved, working collaboratively on these issues is a way we can seek change. What council committees do you want to serve on and why? So I would like to serve on the Planning Commission, uh, Joint Campus Area uh, Committee, uh, Landlord and Tenant Issues Committee. Uh, those three are dealing with housing. I'm very interested in urban planning, urban development. I am a political science major. Uh, so I just, with potentially getting a certificate in urban planning. So I'm very interested in development and city processes in that avenue. Um, and then on more, um, on another front, like the Madison Arts Commission is something I'm super interested in because I think that arts initiatives are very important in cities. And if we want a city to thrive, we need to invest in the arts and education because that allows for families to come, successful businesses to come, and hence it's a positive multiplier effect. 
Um, then finally, the Transportation Commission is something I'd like to serve on because when we're talking about bus rapid transit, making transportation more accessible to students, uh, that's a committee that I would definitely need to be on to address that issue. What would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview? I would like to tell the viewing audience that if elected, I would do whatever it takes to uh, make these promises I've outlined, these goals a reality, and that I would do whatever, again, it takes to work on behalf of the constituents. And I see you know, the residents of District 8 as they would be my boss. They would be the ones to correct me if I'm wrong, to direct me towards this issue or this issue. And um, I would spend so much time working to make our community a better place. And nobody, uh, nobody at the end of the day would say that there was any lack of effort because I'm willing to put uh, my blood, sweat, and tears into this job. And I think that uh, we have a really great possibility here and potential to create positive change to impact the community for years to come. I want to thank Matthew Mitnick for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. Please vote in this and every election. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us. Yeah.